The Secrets of Stargate is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Stargate, Episode 40. General West Jackson has identified the seventh symbol. All right, here we go. We are about to try to make a connection. All we got to do is bust out of here, commandeer the ship, and fly on home. Indeed. You say that a lot. I know that this could be dangerous. But this is our job, right? It's what we signed on to do. It was never about going home. It's about getting us to where we're going. Hi, I'm Jack Berzini, and you're listening to The Secrets of Stargate, where we talk about the hidden meanings and deeper layers found in the Stargate movies, TV series, and more. And joining me today are Father Corey Stika. Hi, Father. Howdy, Jack. And Lisa Jones. Hi, Lisa. Hey, Jack. And Victor Lambs. Hey, Victor. Hi, Jack. And today we are discussing the 20th episode of Season 2, Show and Tell. The Stargate is triggered and the iris is open, despite the SGC's attempts to close it. Through the wormhole comes a young boy. After examining him and determining that he is not a Jaffa or a bomb, the boy tells him that his mother wants him to talk to Jack. The boy, who has taken the name Charlie, says that his mother is a Ritu from the planet Retalia. They are invisible aliens, and she and it is she who reprogrammed the Stargate Iris. Charlie explains that the Ritu rebels are bent upon destroying all potential Gwald hosts, and that he was genetically engineered by the Ritu government to act as a go-between to warn Earth about the rebel attacks. Charlie, who is put together rather poorly by the Ritu, begins to suffer multiple organ failure. The SGC contact the Tok'ra using their phone-a-friend device. The Tok'ra arrive and bring a device called a Tur that is able to temporarily phase the Ritu into our level of existence, thus making them both visible and susceptible to attack. After a reconnaissance mission to the set of the film Starship Troopers, the SG team and Tok'ra <laughs> return to the SGC only to be followed by Ritu rebels. In the ensuing firefight, several airmen and Tok'ra are killed, as well as Charlie's mother, but the Ritu rebels are able to be stopped. Charlie, who is dying, is taken back with the Tok'ra to be healed and become a host, and the SGC installs palm scanners on the iris control computer. We do not, however, find out if they took their passwords off the sticky notes on the monitors. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the Ritu becomes a formidable enemy that uh, plagues S- the SGC over the entire course of the show. No, no, they, not. Oh, man. they vanish into obscurity very quickly. <laughs> Man, I, yes, I was hoping I, I'd see I, that. I wonder if that bubble. Yeah, I, you know, I, or not. Yeah. I wonder if it was a case of the special effects were, were greater than the, the writer's ability to write the cost of it. Possibly. I also, yeah. I like that they had that clever conceit to save on budget by just making them invisible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, what were your thoughts on this episode, Father? Oh, I, I enjoy this one. I mean, it, 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 as you kind of hint, this is definitely an interesting concept and something that I wish they would have played around with a bit more. But the idea that these aliens are, and of course, you know, it's something that you see with Star Trek. Star Trek's done the uh, the phase phase in phase out mm-hmm. thing too, where you know they're there, they're there, and they're physical, but you can't see them. But but they you know they can affect our world and vice versa. So no, I, I this is this is one I've I've enjoyed before. Yeah, I uh, I like. It's nice to see non-humanoid aliens. So mm-hmm. that was really fun. 
What about you, Lisa? I'm with Father Corey. I like this episode. I, I wish, I wish, wish that they had kept up with the Ritu and, you know, the, the odd that you can't see them. I love that. And I, I'm always have a favorite for Richard Dean Anderson acting with children. He just seems mm-hmm. to do really, really mm-hmm. well with child actors. And so that, that just is a highlight of this episode for me. Yeah, definitely. It seems like he actually, he likes working with kids and it definitely comes across, um, on the screen, which is nice. What about you, Victor? No, I, I like this episode too. It's, it's got it all. It's, it's got, uh, you know, aliens, intrigue, cool technology, the Tokra, Jacob Carter, and, you know, it tugs on the heartstrings with the, with the sick kids. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so it's, it's, it does have it all, even including, uh, the first of many cameos from this episode's director. Who is up? Peter DeLuise, uh, back for, uh, another turn as, a. Uh, as our director today. So nice. uh, always, always good when he's in, in the chair or behind the machine yeah. gun in this case. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. This one is the, the pacing throughout was really, really good. It was like, they, it was nice and fast paced and it held my attention. Like it wasn't like last week's episode that was just like, all right, what? Okay. I, do I care about this? Like <laughs> they did a really good job building up the tension and then also solving the problems in an intelligent way that didn't feel like they were just trying to wrap up the story. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And they could have fixed last week's episodes actually by making all the aliens invisible. <laughs> and, silent. <laughs> and silent. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there's nothing here. Let's go home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but um and it's uh I, I guess my main qualm with the episode would be i feel like Ch- charlie's character kind of once he comes through the gate and they they talk to him and he does the initial introductions he kind of doesn't really have a character and i was hoping they would expand more upon his interactions with jack like i feel like it kind of the focus and i know why the focus switches because you got 45 minutes to tell a story, but it kind of feels like he comes through and there's this emotional hook they put in and then it doesn't quite pay off for me. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. I couldn't remember watching this. If he, if he died at the end or as, as, as it turns out, he goes off with the Tok'ra. Um, and about that, like I thought they wouldn't ever take like an unwilling host. And I don't know that Charlie really has informed consent in this case because no one's really talked to him about it. Like, you're not going to be you anymore. But uh, so maybe they'll maybe they'll prep him on that when they get him through. But so I was out prepared for him to die at the end. And I was like, oh, no, this is going to be so sad. But yeah, no, they they got a very good actor to play uh, to play Charlie there, um, who I think was actually 14 at the time this was filmed, 13 or 14. Mm. I think he had like like Nog syndrome or something, uh, the actor. But hmm. Um, hmm. but yeah, so he did look a little bit older. Yeah. So, I mean, the typical like 10 year old or something like that. But, but um, yeah, it, oh, it was funny, though. Um, it, it'll probably be out about the same time this episode comes out. But we recorded an episode of Doctor Who where there were some kids that, you know, they were the stereotypical just kids. I mean, it was it was awful. And yeah. uh and Jimmy Aiken says that, you know, if a cute kid shows up on Dr. Who, it needs to die. <laughs> or, Basically, yeah. it needs to be the character that somewhere the kid, the kid has to die. Otherwise, they just they can't write them well. Yeah. Or yeah. or have its face grafted onto a uh, uh, gas mask or something. Yeah, exactly. Oh, <laughs> well, that's uh, that's definitely my uh, my favorite quote from a Catholic apologist. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So you have to ch- check out the check out the episode of Seekers of Doctor Who on Nightmare on Silver to get the context yes. of that quote. <laughs> Seven out of ten, not enough kids die. <laughs> Did um, and he I know he yeah. looked familiar, and uh, he actually plays a character in X Files um, named Gibson Praise, and he's the exact same yeah. kind of kind of character. He's the he's like this preternaturally intelligent, genetically engineered chess prodigy kid. So yeah, kind of, kind of the same kind of character in that too. Maybe he's playing himself. Maybe he really is a you know genetically engineered, <laughs> preternaturally intelligent person. Yeah, yeah I was watching this with our, that I was watching this with our <laughs> oldest son, and he he came and he's like, "So what's the deal with chemo kid?" And I was like, <laughs> "And I was like, what?" And then I realized that that was the son who had actually gone through chemotherapy, and so that was okay because like, oh, you know okay. he was oh, the chemo go. kid. And I was like, "Okay, you can say that." <laughs> nice. <laughs> For complaints, please yeah. send an email to Victor Lambs at no. <laughs> and support cancer, uh, pediatric cancer research, everyone. Nice. Yes, <laughs> definitely. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, and also just the fact that they're uh, the iris is—they seem to have no like opsec going on there. Nope. Like, and I know that I know that that's something that's really come up a lot, especially. Um, working in the defense industry over the past few years, like they've been drilling that and like the requirements they have for cybersecurity are so stringent now that they're almost impossible to meet if you're a small company. Um, but I, well, you might, you might know some of this, uh, father, since you were in the air force around that time, but like, oh, yeah. I assume their, their security even then on their computers was better than is shown here. Um, it depends. Well, actually, you know, of course when I was in was the mid nineties when short of, you know, like a server or whatever, you, you know, you had your desktops, but I would assume, you know, if I was working someplace like SGC, that the, the, the Stargate computers would have passwords, mm-hmm. you know, you would mm-hmm. have to log in username and password and so on. Um, and of course now they put in the, the hand scanner because palm scanners are cool. Yeah. <laughs> still are, by the way. I mean, we have thumbprints now and face scanners, but palm scanners are still cool. But, uh, yeah, and I've heard that in in the Air Force now that they've gone so bad for security that the computers, even on just a standard unclassified desk, are almost unusable. Yeah, because they've got so many background processes and everything. But yeah, yeah, yeah. operation security obviously is one of those key key issues you need to watch out for. Not everybody should be able to just punch in uh, on the computer. And I, I felt sorry for uh, the poor uh, senior master sergeant, the first shirt there that's getting uh, yelled at by the, by the general, because the, the iris keeps opening, even though he's not doing it. <laughs> it's not me, I guess. Yeah. I mean, this is back in the days when you could like walk out of an air force base with a thumb drive full of Lady Gaga MP3s. Right. I mean, that's a topical sure. reference. That's about 12 years old, but um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah so um, yeah, so I, I do like the hand scanners solution. It's very like, you know, bespoke it's, it's to the point and like, you know, weird bug creatures and stuff don't have hands. Right. So check, at least not pol- human checkmate palms. aliens, unless they, unless they cut yeah. off somebody's hand. Yeah, that's but, true. You know, right. so, well, that would be a little dark for, for <laughs> yeah. the star. Yeah. They can bioengineer a whole human. So I, I kind of feel like they might oh. be able to bioengineer like a. Right. An unlock hand. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, they've got the capability now. People figured out that, you know, our cell phone cameras are so good that they can actually take a picture of your fingerprints and read them really? on the smartphone. That's like an actual thing where 
Um, you know, like if you have a, a fingerprint mm-hmm. on, like, say, glass, they can actually take a picture of it and be able to read it well enough to make a a fake 3D printed oh. fingerprint. Yikes. Just gave criminals. A and that's so that's that's a, and that's a real deal. I mean, that's a real concern right now. Time to I break mean, out the sulfuric acid again, I guess. Do the whole uh, yeah. <laughs> penguin from the classic Batman yeah. and get your uh, plastic coated right. fingertips. Yeah. yeah, there you go. <laughs> Another thing I uh, I really like about this episode is when they go through the Stargate to the uh, Ritu planet, that it's not just Vancouver. It's like this desolate looking uh, desert planet. And I and I know I, I re- uh, made fun of that scene in the, the summary comparing it to Starship Troopers, but I really like that scene and the way it's done. Like they're panning over and they're revealing them and there's just tons and tons of them. Like I thought that was really cool. I really liked that. It really gave a sense of scale that I feel like – you don't mm-hmm. really get when it's just a bunch of trees around. Yeah. Well, it's good use of a quarry. Yeah. That's always the joke. Doc- Classic who always went Doctor Who into a quarry. Well, that looks like a good use of a quarry there. No, uh, it, it is a great scene, though. I mean, they're they're sitting there going, you know, uh, Jacob Carter's like, okay, they're close. And they scan and there's hundreds of them out there wrestling and fighting. And, and it's like, oh, okay. Yeah, there's a lot of them. After Selmac and Jacob keep going, oh, there's only five usually. Five. There's just five. And so mm-hmm. it was. Yeah. Yeah. So it's maybe ten, nice and then you're like, ah, you know. I I didn't get though. So the Ritu are like advanced in genetic engineering; they can grow a human and stuff. And yet, when you go to the planet where the rebels hang out, there's like no infrastructure, no structures of any kind, and it's just a bunch of bugs like like punching each other in the face. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, it's like, it's like, did they like, I don't know, just like walk away from all that technology and like, you know, renounce it. And I don't know what, what their deal is. The rogue rebel Ritu on retaliate or whatever. Well, there was, there were some buildings in the background, you know, the map painting had some buildings uh, okay. in the background, but that was about I mean, it. They that. Were, uh, you know, practicing like drilling, like, you know, practicing their tactics. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This, this is their parade grounds. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was Ritu recess. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. It's a good band name. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I thought the CGI was was pretty good for the yeah. time. Like it was mm-hmm. it didn't really it didn't take me out of the story the way that the species 8472 does in Voyager when we see mm. them. Yeah, yeah, it was much better than than 8472, but still and and in, in the med bay still like PlayStation 1 cutscene a little bit. Oh yeah. Well, but that was kind of the Time, yeah. though, that was top of the line. And, but, you know, mm-hmm. bug splatter was pretty effective. Oh, I mean, yeah. that was a good yeah. bug splatter effect. Yeah. <laughs> so if you scan Kaboom. the walls, is there like now Ritu splatter everywhere? Right? Because when you shoot them, they splatter. I would guess so. so. Is it like a, you know, a yeah. black light where you can see <laughs> blood and all that stuff? So it's everywhere. Yeah. I was just, yeah, I was just ready for the, uh, the old uh, Nintendo 64 uh, Doom soundtrack to start playing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, we get that later on. I think it's like season eight where we, where they actually do play, play doom for an entire episode. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, I also liked, uh, it's, it's always nice to see the Tokra, although I do feel like it's, it's funny that they get the, uh, device to call them. And then I think this is like the second or third time they've used it in the past, mm-hmm. like four or five episodes. I think this is the first time they've used the Tolan device to call them, right? Because it's it. Yeah. Because he used it to call the Tolans once. Yeah. And 
and then the, they use it here for the token. And it's probably, and I think it's actually like the same mm-hmm. it footage. Is. It's like literally they took the footage from season one and just replayed it. Mm. They did. I think they called the Toker <laughs> one other time, though. They... I think you're right. They did. Yeah, I think when Apophis was four. was hanging around. Yeah, but, when he was dying. Yeah, but I think they did that. How did they do that? I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't know that they used the because yeah, I think they got they the tolling device at the end of that one. But I'm not sure. Right. Was, okay. Yeah. But yeah, and I don't know if this is a Peter Deloise like specific thing, but I was really enjoying how everything was labeled. In this episode, like things, you, you know, usually it's it's oh, they, yeah. they have the technology label, but they they sh- show from the gate room up into the, you know, control room, and um, it, you know, they have like the monitors, the telemetry image process. That was it, yeah, yeah. Everything is labeled <laughs> in this. It, it, it was just kind of cool. The yeah, tip, the telemetry image processor. Yeah, and then they come in with the, you know, it's not enough to say, oh yeah, this is our like Tokra like. Tokra bug zap or something. It's like, no, this is our TER, you know, or uh, I forget what it stands for now. But um, but yeah, the, so it's like even the Tokra have their their acronyms and stuff. But it was a pretty cool looking weapon, too. It has the little flashlight. In the, I, I was going to say, is my imagination, did that look like a refurbished 1990s sci-fi gun? Like some sci-fi movie from the 90s had that like as a gun. And they reused it. It kind of looked like that. I was thinking it looked it, like uh, something out of Halo. Yeah. Something along that lines. But it was just, it's just, I looked at it, it's like, I, I'm sure I've seen this in a movie or TV show before, yeah. but those were the actual guns. Well, I like that they even had to, you know, uh, cock it like a shotgun, you know, rack it like a shotgun. Okay, now we're ready. Yeah. That's not functional. It just feels cool. That's why they put it in there. Yeah, exactly. Transphasic <laughs> eradication rod. There you go. Nice. I do like um, (laughs) that the energy blasts that come from both the Ritu weapons and that device actually are devastating because one of my biggest problems with like phasers in Star Trek or the blasters in Star Wars is that someone will get like hit by a phaser and it's like that's immensely powerful energy you should just be dead it's like oh i'm just i'm just scratched even though you got shot in the chest walk it off see it's nice to see people exploding when they get hit (laughs) with that kind of energy rather than just yeah 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 Yeah, the 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 random airman that gets shot, you get the one guy where you get blasted with uh mm-hmm. behind Daniel and and O'Neill, and you see like oh, the yeah, outline of his body where it burned. Yeah, the, door. the, the mean, guy that Daniel basically yeah. killed with his little little funny joke. Yeah, and uh, yeah, but uh, but yeah, no, and then and we get unnamed <laughs> yep. Tokra who gets like blown through the window, and I'm wondering is is that because I couldn't find the the name of the actor anywhere. I never said a word, and so I not a single word. Yeah, <laughs> no. So I don't know if he was a crew member or like one of the production staff or something. He's he's the one that got sent back to the back to that's to get all the stuff they forgot. Yeah, yeah. Being a red shirt and Stargate, right? <laughs> it's like random unnamed dude who never says a word. <laughs> Doesn't get those residuals. Yeah. Well, at least the, the airmen. I didn't write down their names. But at least the airmen's that airmen that got yeah. shot. At least they had a name. So. You're at one point. You with them. You with them. You with them. Okay, those three are dead. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> And also gave a real sense of peril in that that final action sequence. Like I really liked it. It was, mm-hmm. was well paced. It was tense, and the fact that the weapons were so devastating, like really gave yeah gave a sense of peril, which you can, you don't get a lot of the times in like sci fi laser fights. I feel like I was gonna say yeah, I mean, and Carter got to throw a grenade. I'm oh, sorry. I was, I, gonna, I was gonna say I think <laughs> yeah. Peter Deloise coming on the scene. I know I wasn't here for the last episode, his first episode that y'all talked about, but he really, I think he just he's the most what the director that's with Stargate the most from here on out. 
I believe he has more episodes under his credit than anyone as director. And there's a reason. I mean, he just, he just does it so well. Yeah. And I I feel like you really sense that in this episode. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and when he's not writing, he stays on as the uh, show's creative consultant too. So it's it's a lot of the world building plus the the action in that episode, um, Serpent Song. We did talk about the opening scene of that as they're being attacked by Death Gliders, and Jack actually walks backwards into the Stargate, and so you see the Stargate effect like going backwards as the blasts yeah. are like coming at him in slow motion and stuff. So yeah, so. Yeah, he's very like another director I really like is John Landis, who could do action very well, but also could do interpersonal mm-hmm. moments and, and humor mm-hmm. very well uh, oh, sure. as well. So, yeah, I think there's a lot of a lot of that in his in his work. So, as I, as I mentioned in the previous episode, whenever you see his name pop up as like director, it's always like, oh, there's going to be something yeah. good in this episode. Exactly. Yeah, you can tell he's definitely paying attention to the craft of writing and directing and expanding the the world rather than just banging out an episode just to get one done. And I like that this, uh, even though, as you guys have said, that we don't uh, we don't really see the Ritu anymore. I like it's nice to see another alien race that is not it's not you don't just get the binary thing where it's either they're on the gold side or they're on the human side. Like they're kind of a third a third entity. We Mm -hmm. haven't seen a lot of that. So it's nice to see that. Well, not just is it, it's not one or the other, it's you've got the split between them because you've got the rebels mm-hmm. who want to kill off the humans and anybody else who can be uh, called hosts. And then you've got the rest of the Ritu who are, is left that, you know, they're opposed to that and they're trying to prevent that. Right. Yeah, avoid that, uh, the whole planet of hats thing that you get a lot of the time where every single planet is a monoculture and everyone thinks the exact same thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or my, my favorite thing at Star Trek is when they go to like, you know, the whatever like Antaran system right and it's like the third planet Antara 3 is what we the federation people call it and then the people from that planet refer to it themselves as like Antara 3 or something it's like, it's yeah. like no it's your planet you get to come up with a better name for it but yeah. well it's that's my headcanon that's yeah. how the uh that's how the translator yeah. universal oh, okay. translator translate their version of earth yeah welcome to earth is what they say, and what the, what the Federation hears is, welcome to Antares 3. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's how I've always, always thought of it. I do like uh, the, that the, the aliens are the Ritu from Retalia, and that, that gives you the whole uh, the whole thing you see very often where whatever the alien species name is, their planet is just kind of a variation of that. And I, I like when you see planets mm-hmm. that are like the, where the species name has nothing to do with the actual planet, and you don't really get that a lot. I think like uh, Kronos and you get the Klingons and Kronos yep. and that's different. Um, yep. And then obviously. You, you mean you, we don't, we're not from Humania? <laughs> <laughs> I guess yeah, Earthlings would be that. that but, yeah. yeah. And they do call yeah. us the. We don't call Tok'ra. ourselves that. I mean, not Chukra, the uh, Tari. Yeah. Tari. Tari, yeah. Yeah. Um, which based on that. our planet. No, I I really yeah. do wish we'd seen maybe not the Ritu itself again, but kind of the the threat of them again, the the rebels. I mean, because it, mm-hmm. it was really interesting. Like we talked about last week about how they really tried to have, you know, an alien that that didn't speak English, that wasn't um, you know human and and fit in with everything. They tried to think outside the box, and I like that they did it again this week, and I loved it. But mm-hmm. we don't. You know, it's again, mm-hmm. we don't see them again. And to have Charlie then go with the Tok'ra and you assume 
live and whatever. He could have been a great intermediary. It just, I don't know. Maybe they just didn't figure it was a future there. Mm -hmm. I'll come visit you, Charlie, and you can come visit me. A wink. And we never see him again. (laughs) See, they could have had him and like Cassandra hook up in a few years and like, Right. Yeah. No. I no. I, no. We needed more. Yeah. More. 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 Charlie. I think you know Jeff. Jeff Gulka, the actor, like knocked it out yeah, of the park with that role, and I. I would have liked to see him more. Yeah. The, the, maybe it'll be the next uh, Stargate movie. Will be the, the two of them, or Stargate show. Will you be know, the I two of them coming back to Earth and rejoining SG One. You know, if they if they do continue the canon, which is the big push right now, unlike yeah. you know Cassandra is. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think how many years it's been now. So she's way grown up. (laughs) Well, this, yeah. I was going to say, this is 30 years ago, uh, almost um, 25 years ago. 25 years ago. Or at least higher up in the structure. Mm -hmm. That would be, that would be a neat little twist, right? And then you could bring people back like Charlie and some of these other younger actors or characters that we've had over the years. Yeah, and there could be like a cartoon hologram of uh, Jack or something to help them figure out what they need to do or something. I don't know. Just have him show up. Come on. Yeah. Retirement and be kind of grouchy and like, get off my lawn. What are you doing? You know? Yeah, there you go. So I have noticed um, he's he's aged. He's aged a lot since the show came out, but I have noticed him. He actually was on. uh, What's the, the main the main guy who made the Stargate, I can't remember his Brad Wright? name. Brad Wright, yeah. He has a podcast, mm-hmm. um, and uh, Richard Dean Anderson was on it recently, and he's no way. Like he's he's yeah, well. getting back into shape. So, Good. so maybe I'm kind of hoping that maybe that's yeah, nice. You know, most most of the most of the SG one cast, as well as some of the Atlantis cast, are in for a new show. So, yeah, that would be. Yeah. And there's a lot of hope for that. And, you know, there's a lot of things they could do that could follow up with episodes like this. So. Y'all have to remind me. But when they did Universe, there was something about Jack and Daniel were the only original characters from the movie that are st- that were in the SG-1 that stayed with mm-hmm. it. And so when they did it, yep. I, I thought I read somewhere and someone who's listening can correct me um, that there was a point that they had to be in each of the pilots going forward. I don't know if it had something to do with the uh, contract or it had something hmm. to do with, you know, how they how they threaded it. But I thought that they had to be in at least one of the episodes. But I don't know. It's hmm. been too many years. Hmm. Interesting. So I'll have to go back and look. Yeah, and I'd wonder how, how many of those agreements are still in effect with MGM being bought True. by Amazon and all that. Well, and, and again, agreements that were written 25, 30 years ago, are they still valid or do they have like sunset clauses or something like that it's tradition yeah it's tradition let's it's just go for it it's yep. tradition yeah still around let's do it we're, <laughs> we're on a catholic <laughs> podcasting network it's tradition exactly yeah, yeah. we all know how respectful uh yeah yeah to tradition uh reboots have been of the various other things so yeah be i don't know amazon did a really good job with the tick reboot it only lasted two seasons but um and there was mm. some casting uh, shenanigans going on with that, but um, but it was a, it was a really good uh, really good reboot of the uh, and you know and they're they're taking over the expanse. I mean, they did an amazing job with that. So, yep. so there's yep. hope yeah. there. It'll it'll be interesting to see if they make a new show if they're going to just go for a reboot or if they will do 
like a sequel that continues the canon. I feel like they'd probably do that because the you have so much to build on. Just starting from scratch doesn't really make a lot of mm-hmm. sense. Stargate, the next generation. Yeah. <laughs> Stargate, Prodigy. Yeah, it sounds great. No one's yeah. ever thought of that before. Yeah, it could be the. Vi- and this literally yeah. would be the next generation. Yeah. Stargate Prodigy or <laughs> Infinity. The very oh, first animated Stargate. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> which, yeah. which we will need to talk about That's at some point. point uh, Stargate Infinity. But- April Fools yeah. is coming up eventually. Yeah. Oh, there you go. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds like that's going to be a a good that's target for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so do anatomy wise, do Ritu have an eye stalk? Because I, because when like Carter was like about to chuck a grenade, there was like that little Dalek eye stalk that went around the corner or something. Oh, that was the gun. Oh, that was their. Oh, that was the gun. Oh, was it their gun or their? Is that an I guess an appendage or that's their gun. gun? Okay, no, it's the gun because when they oh. when they shoot the one. In the sick bay, and then point at mother. Mother puts her hands up, and that the gun is part of it. Oh, okay. So they had you kind of had eyes. Okay, you kind of about normal head level, but yeah, that was that was that was their their Dalek gun. Ah, okay. And it wasn't clear to me also like who shot mother, and it was one of the other Ritu who Ritu. Okay, the last the last Cause, one. Cause the last I was going to say that'd be pretty like. Like, I was like, wait, is that the Ritu we care about that yeah. just got blasted? Well, the kid didn't scream mother yet. So it's like, and then it's like mother. And I yep. was like, I was like looking around like, like, was it Jack or Daniel who just blasted mother? mother but I guess it was, it was the other. Ritu, yeah. yeah, it was the other Ritu. Okay. Can, can we just yeah. talk for a minute about wait. the fact that she was mother and he says what, you know, like, well, what's your name? And he says, I don't have one. And she says, he says, what does your mother call you? And he says, son. And it's like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. yep. <laughs> I loved it. Nice, nice dad joke there. Only I guess it's a mother joke. And he says yep. son because he calls everyone son, right? And he goes, no, my yeah. name is not. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was that nice. Favorite favorite Charlie moments when he's interrupted. He goes, for crying out loud. Yes. Just like Jack. No, yeah. that was so funny. Yeah. <laughs> and O'Neill just kind of looks at him like. My son. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like he picks up on all, all his mannerisms. Yeah. And that that's one of those things that since we don't see this character again, I feel like you put this stuff in here, but then it doesn't really go anywhere. So that would be that would be something that would it would be nice to see them continue those character relationships. You wonder yeah. if they yep. it was a plan and that just didn't work out. Mm-hmm. Or, you know what I mean? If when they wrote it, it was the idea be- of, okay, look, we're gonna you know, bring him back. We're going to continue this. That's why they sent him with the Toker and didn't have him die. You know, that kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, I would interestingly know if, if that kind of, if it fell apart, <sighs> they never had the intention or, or what, because they I, did write it where it kind of like, like Victor. Yeah. You said, open-ended, wanna, you know, I was yeah. like, he's going to die. That'd be really sad. You know? So you, he captured your heart. So you wanted him to do well. Yeah, if there's ever, like, if I ever have the chance to get, like, everyone who worked on Stargate together in a room and ask them questions, it's just going to be a long list of, like, okay, so so why didn't we ever hear of the Ritu again? Okay, okay. Why didn't we ever hear of Robot Dr. Weir again? Okay, okay. You know, I just keep going through all of these, like, all these things. It's like, wow, they're going to be a big problem for us from now on. It's like, wow, those Pegasus Galaxy Asgard, they're really going to be dangerous. Yeah. You know, and it's like. 
Nope. Of course, could you also keep the list of why did you keep so and so around? Right? Like, yeah. Really, I'm not, it's a Lannis thing, but we'll talk about it later. <laughs> nice. <laughs> no, everybody on Atlantis was. You didn't like Chuck the technician, did you? No, it was uh, Ford. <laughs> it was Ford, all right? Ford? Ford didn't work. Ford? I, that, that just yeah. Happened. Oh, that's the other thing. What? Yeah. Like, what happened to him? Did he get off the, the hive ship or not? Yeah, it's it's a question, you know. All right. We'll just keep <laughs> nice. that list. Someone yeah. write down and we'll just keep a list. Yeah, it's it's always interesting to see uh, the decisions that are made because most shows are not planned out like beginning to end. Like other than Babylon Five, pretty much everything else is just you have like they have like a series Bible and they'll build upon the lore. But there's a lot of threads that don't end up being followed mm-hmm. through. So yeah, yeah. Um, hmm. did y'all have any other uh, thoughts on this episode? One. Um. Oh yeah, one thing I did like is when they is when they like velcroed the TER to the mouth and sent it through the Stargate just to oh, yeah. see if there was any retu yeah. around there. And I was like, oh, they use Velcro. And then like Jack came through and picked it up. And I was like, well, yeah, if you only have like a handful of these things, you don't want to like permanently attach it to the mouth because you're going to want to <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, like grab it and stuff. So I thought that was I thought that was a nice touch. Well, well they don't even show them, you know. But oh, the mouth sweep with the. With the TR is you know, successful. You can imagine it. So the t- it comes through and it's they right. just pivot the arm. Yeah. You know. <laughs> the retu are just <laughs> like around. dancing like a, it's not looking at me. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I was like, don't you want to go up to the control room and somebody else look at it? I don't know. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's nah, good. Just, yeah, <laughs> just right. go, ahead. go, go ahead. on through. People, yeah. you can't say go ahead. You'll You'll get a migraine if, if there's anything there. Don't worry about it. <laughs> no yeah. big deal. That was a nice little touch, right? Since they were completely invisible yeah. to humans, at least Tilk and the Tokra could sense mm-hmm. them. My only hiccup was, mm-hmm. why yeah. do you give the T-E-R thing to the person that when the Ritu is in the room, crouches over and grabs their stomach or their head and can't shoot them? Yeah. And conversely from that, uh, at the end, when um, Carter is sent to sweep the base, why didn't Teal go with? Yeah, you've got a person who's like a you know built-in uh, Ritu detector, so let's leave him in the med bay instead of right. sending him with. <laughs> I think another thing they need to do is you know on your uh, like your garden hose, you can get those attachments that like change the angle of the water, <laughs> so you get a much wider like range of spray. Like just get yeah. like a yeah. nozzle that you can put on the end of the. TER that gives you like a wider field of vision or like a glass prism or something. Yeah. Yeah. Like a kaleidoscope. There must've been some way to do that though, because they had a pretty good field of vision. Yeah. uh, Yeah. It's like shining a flashlight across like five miles away. Do we see, okay. I want to say that we see this tool weapon again, maybe modified to do something else. Um, is it a, is it Anubis's super soldiers? I think I think it might be. I'll look it up. I, I think it's Anubis's. The only time we see this weapon used, that we use it for something. No, else. I'm sure the prop gets reused. <laughs> yes, I'm sure it does. <laughs> <laughs> They're good at that. Oh, Eris Bosch used a modified version as his primary You're weapon. Right. Um, mm. but uh, I don't like uh, third yeah. season. Yeah. Okay, so we do see it again next season. And I, I got, I had to laugh, uh, just kind of speaking of reusing things, but 
um, when the the unnamed, unspoke, unspeaking <laughs> Tokra got blasted, the glass was already pre-cracked. You could see oh. that it was before it even hit the glass. That it was, of course, it was fake yeah. glass. It was glass for for the purpose of of going through, but it was already pre-shattered. Maybe it was the shock wave <laughs> from the from the blast hit it before the guy did. Sure. But you're right, Jack. That was nice. Maybe to see a weapon that actually yeah. has some oomph, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Can say maybe the glass was oh. just uh, cracked from the superheating of the iris in a uh, serpent song episode. They hadn't replaced <laughs> the pains yet. There we go. Yes, no. yes. <laughs> the call disruptor uh, was also the. Um, it was uh, the the ter was used uh, was modified to become a call disruptor and the the crawl where the uh, or the call where the uh, Anubis is super soldier. So so we do see them walking around with those to try and. Uh, did I just close you guys? No. Shoot. <laughs> no, oh, okay, nope. cool. We're still here. Sorry. <laughs> we're just listening. I, I closed the wrong window. Yeah. You should sit here and be quiet for a second. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm kidding. No, okay, there we are. Really awesome. You can do this stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for a minute, I thought you said a uh, crawl, and I was hoping we get that extremely uh, inefficient, uh, like spiral. Uh, the glaive. The glaive, yes. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we get Liam Neeson riding uh, horses on a on a treadmill. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. I don't know what that is, but it sounds really interesting. <laughs> it's, it's a movie called Kroll, and yeah. you need okay. to see it because it's terrible and bad. Amazing. Bad ADSB yeah. movie. Decent Atari twenty six hundred game though. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, I think that's uh, I think that's all I had for this episode. Uh, Y'all got anything else? Uh, no, I, Me that was either. all I had. No, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Uh, well, before we go, we'd like to take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secrets of Stargate, including JJ, Tammy B, Matt S, Vicky R, and Kimberly K. Their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue the secrets of Stargate and all the shows at StarQuest. You can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give and be sure to follow Star the show in Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or on the SQPN YouTube channel. And to find previous episodes of Secrets of Stargate and to send feedback, please visit sqpn.com slash Stargate. And you can email us at stargate at sqpn.com or follow StarQuest on social media at facebook.com slash StarQuest Media or on Twitter at SQPN. You can also join the StarQuest fan club mailing list by texting StarQuest to 66866. Send StarQuest to 66866. And we'll be back next time when we'll be discussing the next episode of SG-1, 1969. Until then, Father Corey, thank you for joining me and sharing the secrets of Stargate. Thank you. And Lisa Jones, thank you as well. And Victor Lambs, thank you too. Jack, can I be your son for a while? <laughs> I think it's, that's the best one I've heard so far. <laughs> yes, you can. Oh, well, and, and remember, there were a lot of them. They were indeed invisible. <laughs> yes. Another excellent quote. Yes. That's that's number five on the on the list of why boys uh, cry. Yeah. <laughs> and once again, I'm Jack Berazzini. Thank you for listening to the Secret to Stargate on Starquest. 
Anyway, I'm sorry, but that just happens to be how I feel about it. What do you think? 